You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 102. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me today is my co-host, Pontus Böckmann. See ya! Hey san, hey san! How are you? Where mm. are you? You're lost again. Out <laughs> in the world somewhere, doing some interesting stuff that we never hear about. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we never hear about your work either. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's just Doesn't what it seem is. as exciting as yours. Where are you now? I'm in Cambodia at the moment. Really? In uh, Siem Reap, yeah. Jeez. Uh We visited the area of Angkor in um, in Cambodia. So, um, but the the challenge was in this whole thing is that I came here as a tour guide, but this was my very first time to visit Asia at all. So you do what every other tour guide is doing. You're just making it up as you go along. We know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows so, a thing. Everybody's happy. Oh yeah, great tip yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't usually work like that with Hungarian tourists. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, yeah, the, the funny, funny part of this was that, that only a couple of days uh, before I left Hungary for uh, for uh, Thailand, where I started out in the tour, and I'm actually going back to Thailand this uh, this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I a couple of days earlier, I had just given a talk on my new favorite topic in skepticism, which is um, uh, how uh, fake news and misinformation is spreading in tourism <laughs> <laughs> because of the lack of proper proper sources and proper p- sources of information. If I were you, I would do some real research, you know, just tell them whatever bullshit comes along and see how much they can <laughs> swallow before they start to question whatever you say. And it's all part of research, right? Actually, I just uh, yeah. When I was I was uh, researching for my talk, I I came across this uh, London-based company, and they are specialized in bullshit tours. So <laughs> it's, it's quite a great idea. Uh, yeah, the advertisements go something like that. Why would you settle for something boring as as the usual uh, companies who who tell you the facts and you know, all the information? Uh, we will tell you important stories. Who cares? They're not true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Everybody like else that. has all the fun. I think we skeptics, we just don't get it. We, we're just so stupid. We're trying to to keep everything straight and all on the level and nobody cares. We should go the other way. Bullshit is the new business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bullshit is the new business. European exactly. bullshit oh. podcast. That, that's the one we should do. European <laughs> bullshit EBSP EBSP. I will work on. We work something out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll work something out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, here, here I am in uh, in Cambodia, trying to cope with the with the task of uh, giving out information when I have no idea where I am. So yeah, uh, so far I've managed to cope with it. All right, good. Very good. There's hope for us yet, then. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, We do have an actual episode to do here. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. We are at 102. Yes. Yeah. And we got so much love and appreciation from from our dearest listeners. So we would like to thank all of you. 
everyone who who just listens to the show but specifically those who who express their appreciation for our work and and that we actually reached this milestone of of a hundred episode mm. um it re- it really made our days um to to see all that all that feedback thank you very much yeah we always welcome feedback so if you feel like it please don't hesitate to get in touch with us and how you can do that is firstly you could go on the website which is the esp.eu uh, there's a contact form there uh, that's a good way of getting in touch with us or you could write us an email to info at the esp.eu uh, you could find us on facebook please follow our uh, or like our facebook page and don't forget to share the content that you find there and the same goes with our twitter twitter account and my, our Twitter handle is at espodcast underscore eu. Mm. So yeah, if you if you want to find um, if if you haven't found the actual show yet, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, on SoundCloud. So if if you're listening through iTunes, or even if you don't, but you do have do have an iTunes account, please leave us a review. That would be very much appreciated, and that would make uh, spreading the word much much easier for us thank you yeah and 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 we we're quite proud of our calendar actually that you can see on uh, the website theesp.eu if you click on uh, events in europe and uh, actually it was uh, uh, susan gerbic made a call out uh, the other day she thinks somebody should start similar calendars for for the other continents as well because she thinks it's so such a great uh, resource so do go and look at that and uh, don't hesitate to become a patron if you want to do that you go to uh, patreon.com slash the esp and do that there and that would be very much appreciated Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Oh, good thing you mentioned Susan Gerbic. <laughs> She's the leader of the project Gorilla Skepticism Wikipedia. And uh, <laughs> just the other day, you know, when I'm trying hard to fit everything in my day in terms of preparations for the next day and what I, I, I try to uh, talk about and stuff. So cashews, you know, the cashew nuts. Yes. Where is this oh, going? We really, really <laughs> love them. Okay. And they are very uh, popular here, uh, both in Thailand and in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I was preparing to talk about that. And yeah, obviously, when I was doing my research for it, I, I came across the Wikipedia page. And I realized that the Wikipedia page in Hungarian is in a terrible shape. There are um, statements about uh, health-related statements like... Yeah, like what kind of um, dietary information can be told about that? It was not referenced at all, and it was not even true. <laughs> so I ended up spending forty-five minutes correcting um, the website, co- correcting the Hungarian <laughs> Wikipedia page. <laughs> so be careful with that, people. Yeah. Um, if if you if you want to do that, you could end up spending a lot of time <laughs> trying to save the world from. Uh, 
consuming misinformation. Yeah, sure. But if you want to help, I mean, of course, you should contact Susan Gerbig. I think the best way is to contact her on Facebook. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and and uh, ask her if you could join the, the Guerrilla Skepticism on, on Wikipedia. And then you can do it uh, really professionally with help uh, from, from like-minded people. It's a good thing to mm-hmm. do. And we interviewed Susan Gerbig for episode 100. Yes, we did. As well, along with uh, Richard uh, Richard Saunders uh, uh, from Australia. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that that was cool, doing all those interviews. And uh, talking about which, we recorded a bit more than we actually ran on that episode. Yeah, we couldn't really fit everything into one episode. So we have a couple of uh, interviews left. Yeah, and uh, we thought that this would be a good occasion to actually uh, run those interviews on the show. Yeah, so, so today we're going to uh, Spain, and Portugal and Switzerland. Let's roll those interviews now. Yes, let's do that. Joining us today is Andreas Kiriakou, who's the president of the Free Thinkers Association of Switzerland and happens to be the chief organizer of a recently held event called Denkfest. Andreas, welcome to the show. Hi, all. And yeah, I should actually have said uh, welcome back to the show because about a year ago we ran an interview with you uh, for, uh, recorded at QED and then... Our listeners must be familiar with your voice through the the actual advertisement for Dankfest recently. How did it go? Oh, it was a fine event. Um, so the Dankfest took place for the third time this year. Um, we started in 2011 and now have a cycle of once in three years. Okay. Um, and it's uh, for us the, the biggest um, event that we try to manage so it starts on a Thursday evening and then goes through till the uh, following Sunday so we have the tagline four days of science critical thinking and intelligent entertainment nice how many how many participants were there we we didn't actually achieve quite the uh, turnout of the two previous think fests um so we had about 250 people on site um, during the day and then for the evening events, um, maybe uh, the same number of people, but uh, quite a number of people who would only um, show up either for the day events or for the evening. So all in all, we had maybe 400 and 450 people joining for some of the time. That's still quite a, quite a significant number of people attending. It was quite an international kind of event, right? Yes, yes. Um, that was always our aim, to have people from local unis, um, but also some people um, who um, are known internationally. We had quite two international tank fests in 2011 and 2014, also with regards to the audience. This time round, we had a much higher percentage of locals of people living in in Switzerland or, say, near vicinity. And I think it has to do with the theme we have this time, because we have the Reformation year here, especially in the German-speaking countries, a a big thing. We wanted to have a secular contribution to that (laughs) and slightly hijacked the the topic, I would say, by calling uh, the Denkfest uh, an event about reformations of thinking. 
but it seems as if um, people have been hearing so much, especially in Germany, about the Reformation, um, that it's actually under this label not that easy to still um, attract an audience. Can you tell us um, who participated in the conference? Uh, what speakers? Maybe some of them will be familiar to our listeners. So people from an English-speaking world might know A.C. Grayling, the humanist and philosopher from the UK, Julia Shaw, who is now in the UK a neuropsychologist specializing in memory research. Um, then we had on Sunday a number of panels, one on AI, one on CRISPR, with some people um, who are probably quite well known, like the ethicist um, Andrew Sanders. Those are maybe the names that um, people might be mostly familiar with. We had important researchers from uh, elsewhere, but who are maybe not so well known in a, a non-science community, like uh, a specialist on uh, Luther, um, Susan Carrant Nunn from Arizona State University, um, who looked at whether uh, the Lutheran Reformation was good uh, from the viewpoint of women. So she gave her an interesting talk, but she's not someone who is probably well known outside her field. But uh, as as far as I remember uh, the the program, there were two names that must be familiar to our listeners, and they appeared on the same panel: uh, Brit Hermes and Natalie Grams. Is that? Oh, does does my memory fail me, or is that? Oh, no, no, of course, exactly. So, as uh, part of the stream on Friday on. Uh, reformations of thinking on science we also had the um, former homeopath natalie grams and the former naturopath brit hermes and they gave a brief history of their leaving their respective field talked a bit about what made them become critical and well how easy or how difficult it, it actually turned out to be to leave the field but also to leave then a community to maybe even have to break up with with friends because all of a sudden there was this divide in mm -hmm. uh, a, a world view basically yeah so so the organizers of of denkfest is that the the free thinkers and the skeptical schweiz or how does that work the the free thinkers are sort of the founders of of the denkfest um and the swiss skeptics are in a way a spin off of the first denkfest initially we asked people if they were interested in founding a, a branch of the, the German skeptics who um, helped us organize the first Denkfest. And then, well, um, it turned out that for organizational reasons, um, a local society would be easier. And uh, last time and this time round, they were one of the uh, co-organizers. And this time we had six. Um, the Giordano Bruno Foundation from Germany was another one, a local organization called Zurich Salo, which does debates in English. And then for the first time, we had uh, the Volkshochschule on board. They usually in the university do um, popular science courses for a very wide audience. And there's a local, um, mainly student-driven um, association called REACH, Research and Technology in Switzerland, um, that also helped to organize it all. So we had uh, quite a number of NGOs um, cooperating and also 
of course, because um, it was almost done in, in free time by, by people volunteering. So they also contributed um, with their own activists. Nice. I heard somewhere that Dankfest was basically your brainchild. And it just occurred to me, if that's really the case, that means if Skeptikish Rights is basically a spin-off of the first Dankfest, that means you're kind of the father of Swiss skeptics. <laughs> How does that feel? <laughs> well, um, luckily, um, it's... Uh kid that um became independent very quickly so <laughs> okay. it's uh running on its own feet um and doing very well so yes um that's uh, a nice long-term effect of, of in a way just a short so, event just a happy coincidence um, oh yeah are you are you a member of uh skeptical Schweiz as well yeah of course uh, I, i am um and i helped to found it and was involved in the um, organization of, of the founding event, organized the, the speaker for that, but um, because I was already um, very involved with the free thinkers mm-hmm. taking over the presidency shortly before, it was clear for me that um, I wouldn't become that involved in yet another organization. Yeah, that's sure. Um, by the way, I, let me just plug here something that I don't think I've had the chance of uh, of thanking you guys, uh, the free thinkers and skeptical Schweitz, for hosting our uh, that that very nice event uh, event we had in uh, Zurich when Susan Gerbic, uh, Mark Edward, and Lubo Barburov, along with myself, were on tour. That was quite an experience for all of us. You would have deserved a much greater audience, but um, it was great that you were here. Oh well, I'm afraid it was a timing. The bad, it was a very bad timing that we were there. I think a day or two after a large event, right? But um, yes, I know it was the timing was not ideal. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so what's next? Uh, what's what's in the making? Is there going to be a next Denkfest? And when is it going to take place? If if so. When we we've still not had our sort of debriefing sessions and the the uh, organizers, okay. we will have to gather. I think um, now is about the time to start um, negotiating. Um, directly after the Denkfest, everyone was quite exhausted. So we do know that having it once every three years is not really enough for people to remember it intensively enough to be sure that they want to. Um, be there the next time round as well. I know that this helps a lot um, to organize uh, the QED, that um, it's once every year, so um, people really still have very good memories of having been there, and so they're quite keen to sign up. Um, on the other hand, I don't see that we manage uh, an annual course, so maybe we'll try to switch to something like uh, biannual Uh, run and maybe something smaller in between but uh, it depends a lot on yeah, how much promises how many promises mm-hmm. we get from volunteers to stay on board <laughs> how many how many volunteers uh, did you have for for this one he had um five six people most of whom were involved in in planning and then also uh, logistics um oh. For the the entire time, and then on site about thirty five volunteers 
over the course of four days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, thanks very much for for giving us an overview of uh, Dankfest, and uh, please keep us in the loop if if something is happening, something new is coming up on the Freethinkers side or Skeptica Schweiz's side or for for Dankfest's side, for that matter. So, Andreas Kiriakou, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Keep up the good work. And, well, up for your next 200. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. And now we have two guests from two different countries, uh, Antonia Oñate from Spain and Joao Monteiro from Portugal. Welcome, guys. Hey, guys. Hello. Thank you. Hello. I, Thank you. Um, I understand, yes, uh, Joao, you're sitting in for, for Diana Barbosa. What happened to her? What have you done to her? Oh, she's a little <laughs> tired, but she's near, near hers. Okay. Say hello to her for, for us, please. Okay. Hello, so, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, welcome back to the show, guys. Uh, you both have been on the show, but uh, lately you've been engaged some in some very, very interesting activity in Portugal. And I'd like you to, to talk about that. First, let's hear the organizer's part. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, this event is ConceptCon. Uh, an event that we make every year. Um, this year, it it was dedicated to the myths uh, around history. Um, mm. Yeah, we we had uh, four people to to talk. Mm-hmm. First was Leonora Branch. Uh, she is one of the co-founders and belongs to the direction board of Concept the Mm -hmm. Portuguese Skeptic Organization. Um, Then, uh, uh, Paul Pinto. Paul Pinto is another guy that came as a researcher to debunk some myths around, for example, Christopher Columbus, uh, that in Portugal some guys are saying that he's uh, a Portuguese adventurer and conqueror, and uh, and he's not, he was not Portuguese. So, but there are at the present a lot of writers and some guys that call themselves researchers that are saying that they have new proofs that the Christopher Columbus was Portuguese. After lunch, so this was in the morning after lunch, I and uh, Leonora Branch, both of us, were t- we talk about the so-called miracle of Fatima. Mm. I don't know if you know. Yeah, you want to you want to tell us. So, one hundred years ago, this year in two thousand seventeen, we celebrate the one hundred years of the supposed miracle, uh, and the miracle is about uh, three small children that claim to see Nossa Senhora de Fatima, so Mother of Jesus, uh, near a tree, and uh, Nossa Senhora de Fatima talked to them and. Uh, told them three three secrets that are called the secrets of Fatima, and in the she appeared to them for several months. The first time was in May, and she continued to appear day thirteen every month until thirteenth of October of nineteen seventeen. And in the last day, there are the first in May. There were only the, the children there. 
But on, in October, uh, a lot of people that heard the story uh, went there to try to see also Nossa Senhora de Fátima. There are claims that they saw her. And then in the end, the sun moved around, uh, as some people say, the sun danced around in that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people that belong to the church bought those fields and they tried to make a new Lourdes, there's a, a sanctuary in France, in Portugal to, to have more money. So there was an appropriation of that situation, of that claiming of the children. In, in October, when the people claimed to see the sun dancing, it was a collective hallucination, most, uh, most probably. So, and we talked uh, about that issue uh, in, that, uh, in that talk. And then after that, it was the time that, uh, the, that uh, Antonio Oñate, uh, the first, our first, uh, I've heard the that first name people that we, that we invited uh, from another country to, to talk, and uh, we, I, we can pass the, the word to, to her now. So what was it that you talked about, Antonia? You're a historian, right? Yes, uh, yes, that, that's it. Uh, I was really flattered to, to have been invited by our Portuguese friends to talk in, in the convention. And uh, I speak about one of my usual topics, which is uh, time to debunk myths and legends around the Middle Ages, uh, as, uh, you know, so many people see Middle Ages as a very dark time, a time of obscurity, of, of obscurantism, of ignorance, of oppression, etc., etc. Yeah, great. Can you name one of those uh, typical myths? Yes, a typical Obsessed. myth is something very funny uh, when people think that the Middle Ages are a kind of parenthesis between Rome and Greece and their splendid inventions, then uh, all those inventions and all those advances uh, went to sleep for a thousand years Mm -hmm. And in the Renaissance, somebody kissed them as if they were sleeping beauty and they were (laughs) reborn again. (laughs) I know it sounds very funny. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, uh, of course, it's ironic. Uh, People don't act so silly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's true that uh, there are many people, particularly among uh, people with uh, technical and scientific uh, training, and education that are a bit contemptuous when they look at, at the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating to have a, a whole day about history and pseudo-history, because I think maybe that's not a subject that skeptics normally engage too much in, yeah. but I think it's it's really interesting. Yes, that's about, right. go, go, go ahead, Antonia. <laughs> no, what I wanted to say is that to me it was really refreshing, because in Spain... Uh, skepticism isn't too centered on humanistic or historical subjects. So it was great seeing our, our brethren in, in Portugal talking about those subjects. Yes, I would like to, to add something because we choose um, to talk about the myths of history because we, had, we already talked about that in our uh, tertulias, in our small talks like Skeptics in the Pub that we make every month. And we noticed that when the subject was history, there were a lot of people coming to, to hear uh, about that, that subject. So yeah, mm-hmm. at least in Portugal, that's, uh, it, it seems it's different from Spain. 
but in Portugal there's a lot of interest in history and pseudo-history. Uh, for example, in one of the, those in our tertulias in, in Skeptics in the Pub, we talk, for example, about the Judaism and conspiracy theories around Judaism and uh, yeah, and a lot of people went there. So it's mm -hmm. the history and pseudo history and the myths around history. It's a subject that attracts a lot of people, uh, in at least in Portugal. Yeah, it's fascinating. João, you you were there at Skepticamp, where yeah. I gave, gave a talk on uh, skepticism versus um, tourism and how yes. different uh, BS claims are mm -hmm. spreading around in in tourism. And uh, I'm working on that topic these days, so I'm actually going to give a give a talk tomorrow in uh, Hungary about that. Mm -hmm. So I find it fascinating, and I and I would really love to hear those talks. Are there going to be transcripts? Are there going to be uh, are they going to be available in English in any any shape or form? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, at, in this moment, we are not preparing it. It's already available uh, through Facebook. It will mm -hmm. be available in YouTube, in our channel of YouTube, but in this phase only in Portuguese. But if you have interest in what, in some of those uh, talks, uh, we can try to to see if you can translate to English. So to so you or some yeah, someone yeah. else can can understand what the speakers were were talking about. Yeah, just let us know if that happens. Yeah. Okay. I'll do. <laughs> I'm not making a formal promise, but I'll try to translate my part into English. Okay, great. That's that's the first step. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Did you actually give your talk in Portuguese? Well, I I I, I tried <laughs> to give it in Portuguese. Really? <laughs> so I spoke what we uh, used to call Portuñol. That is a kind of Portuguese <laughs> spoken with a very heavy Spanish accent. I'm afraid. Wow, <laughs> but it was that very clear. So cool. I, I guess all the Portuguese understood what Antonio Nati was talking about. Wow, so, that is super cool. cool. She she talks very very well Portuguese. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, there are two other things. Uh, we we don't have much time, but first of all, Joao, your yes. organization. Since we talked. On the show that last time you were interviewed uh, um, along with uh, Diana at QED last year. Yeah. Since then, as far as I know, your organization has been officially registered, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. And uh, so, what's new? So now, uh, as an organization, we have official members. As an official <laughs> organization, we have official members relating to uh, to our activities. Uh, we are doing more or less the same. So we, we continue with Skeptics in the Pub, we continue with ConceptCon and with the Conference of Solstice uh, in December. In this year, uh, that conference in December will be about quantum mechanics. We have, we'll have a physicist talk about that uh, issue. And I'm not sure... Uh, if at the time we were already making uh, some travels to museums, some visits to the museums. Yes, I guess so. And mm -hmm. we continue to do that. We are okay. preparing some visits in the future to continue next year. Yeah, that's great work. And I, I, we're, of course, going to continue to follow up what's happening in Portugal mm -hmm. and in Spain. 
<laughs> and looking forward to hearing about uh, Concept Con next year. Yeah. And maybe even attending it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'd like to have you uh, here with us. Oh, that would Thank be you. nice. Yeah. Thank you. But Antonia, what have you, what have your organization ARP uh, has been up to lately and what's new? What, what's in the making? Well, uh, as usual, Skeptics in the Pub, which is uh, very hectic in, in Spain because, you know, there are four Skeptics in the Pub in, in four different cities and it's uh, a monthly program. So it takes uh, some effort to, to, to go ahead with it. A lot of work being done uh, in very quiet ways uh, in political, well, it's not political activity really, is, um, how do you say that in English? I totally forgot. I mean, we, we try to uh, get in touch with politicians, particularly politicians in the Senate and the Congress, to tell them about our concerns on pseudo-medicines particularly. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are also protesting against some um, programs in radio, but especially in television, and particularly in the state uh, television, uh, that are trying to promote strange ideas around health questions such as vaccination and things like that. Fantastic. That sounds great. Okay. Has it been successful? Um... It's not going bad. I won't say it's a great success, but it's not going bad. At least there are a few groups in, in Parliament uh, that are really receptive to, to those questions and are very, very concerned. To, they, they share our concerns on, on those health issues. And something strange has happened lately in, in Spain. <laughs> in the official uh, drugs administration, the only four homeopathic products that had an official registry have been erased. We don't know why. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's very good. That's <laughs> great news. Let us know. Well, that's a good result. Homeopathic products uh, wow. legally... Uh, registered in Spain. That's fantastic. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, without knowing who, whose work that was, well done. <laughs> But if you, if you manage to find it out, please let us know. But, uh, <laughs> of course, if we ever find it out, because we are trying to find it out. It's not as easy <laughs> as it sounds. <laughs> Great. But, um, uh, and thanks very much, uh, both of you, for, for joining us today. But I'm afraid we have to say goodbye for now. But uh, catch catch you at some point somewhere around Europe, hopefully very soon. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you for the invitation. Antonio Doñate and Joao Montero. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Bye bye. I think it was inevitable when we decided to to do a couple of interviews, actually several interviews with with people we had interviewed before that uh, it was inevitable to actually run out of time after a while. Yeah, it was so far. I mean, the original idea was really, we said we will talk five minutes with, with each and every one. But of course, it's so interesting. We couldn't keep it to five minutes. That's why we, that we became, it became longer than we thought. So it's good to, to <laughs> yeah. we can save it. And now we have that, this uh, episode instead. Yeah, we fun. were quite naive in that regard. Of That's, course. That we, yeah. we were hoping All, for always five minute interviews. Always optimistic, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, and we, and, and that is with two people actually not making it to the show because we, for, for different reasons, we couldn't actually interview them, um, in the end. 
But uh, yeah, hope they they will be able to, to come back to the show at some point. I'm anyway. sure they will. I'm sure they will. And, I'll tell you uh, who it was. <laughs> yeah, and we have a lot of other interviews planned for the future. So uh, we're so excited about that. And uh, yeah, please just keep listening to us. It, it'll make it worth doing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, I'm afraid this this has been all for this week. And uh, thanks very much for joining me, Pontus. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And until next week, goodbye. Goodbye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Rob, and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesb.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu, and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. Episode. The scary, believe. scary bit is that Andras is supposed to be the brains of the organization. <laughs> <laughs> I think, guys, we fucked. Uh, how, hmm. how the hell have you got to 100 shows? This is, I mean, <laughs> oh, fucking no. we may not Nobody get yet. there. <laughs> <laughs>